This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. to Liberty Now. I'm your host, John Verd. Thank you for stopping by. This is the show for discerning minds and common sense. We seek the truth and can think for ourselves. I'll be here dropping truth bombs every Saturday at 10 p.m. and chatting with you about stuff that matters to you and me and everyone we know. This week, we're continuing the conversation with Holger Horiga, going a little further down the rabbit hole, discussing Aldous Huxley's Brave New World versus George Orwell's 1984, Truth versus Propaganda, and where do we fit in and how do we choose to deal with all that? And we get to these these thinkers about who who think it's their God-given right or they are God, and they want to determine, um, you know, not only how who who is in office um you know what supplies move where but also how many of us there should be on the planet um can you talk uh, a little bit about the eugenicists the eugenicists and their history uh, eugenics mm-hmm. yeah. um well um darwinism <laughs> was actually a guy called beauchamp who, um um before him as well but Darwin basically became the prominent name in 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 this kind of yeah the evolution of the species. But it was also it was also used um, as a um, justification tool to uh, basically um, say, hey, you know, it started with the apes and then it went all along, and then at the end of it, there was the white man from. From England or the, the the white rice um as such and we're the pinnacle of all this development and therefore we got no choice but to um subdue nature and every, everything within it um right so it was essentially for this from what i can see i'm not, I'm not saying there isn't anything as evolution or creation because both of them are theories um there is adaptation, which we can, which which we have proof for, uh, where species adapt to different environments and drastically change. But there are still not interspecies, um, so they they're not swapping from one species species to another. Right. We've we've seen things. Yeah, exactly. Like you have like the, all the different dog breeds. You have um, so many different um, like fish or bird from the same from the same um main group who then specify uh, they adapt to individual uh, habitats um with spe- with very strong specifications but they're still essentially in the same group right they're not going, yeah yeah they're not going from primates to homo sapiens for example and right. we're still looking for all those missing links because there aren't there like we can't find any we can't find right, any right, right. anything but not that so even um, after I all think, these years, and, yeah. It's... So, like me, I I like to go from um, like being, being uh, I I love uh, like Goethe and the humanitarianism that he uh, he was into. Um, that's always been a big factor for me. What's the most logical explanation for all of this? Yeah, when when Darwin wrote his book, he was a man of that time, and in that time, 
the uh, um, English Empire was expanding at a at a vast rate, and they were literally going all over the world, going, "Hey, you savages, hand over your country." Um, right. And they were thinking it was their God-given right. Of course, you would write a book um, saying like, "Look, they're they're all monkeys, and you're in between and up here." Um, I can still remember my granddad was telling me in school in the 1920s and 30s, they, they learned that the pygmy tribes in Central Africa were like the missing link. Wow. That was that was genuinely in the curriculum that um, there's the black people, um, which is the next step. And then one step down is the pygmies. And that's the missing link before the bonobos. Wow. Um, before when you go down the ladder. Right. Right. And people. Yeah, and that was science back then, um, apparently. So, wow. But like, and this is this is the danger, and this is we're coming back to nowadays. Um, the danger is always that science will find um, the reason and the excuse for what we're doing, not the other way around. Um, right. So we all, yeah. So whatever we do and whatever our thinking pattern is, we then apply um, logic in. <laughs> Um, or we bend our logic to fit the purpose so we can sleep at night. That's right, how I see it. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you, you could say that, um, I guess in, in that manner of speaking, that these novelists were mm. creating a self-fulfilling prophecy as well as a blueprint. Yeah. Um, well, the eugenics, yeah, basically. I mean, that, that was a plan of action, right? That that was actually carried out. I mean, Hitler being yeah. the obvious most, the biggest example, but Hitler was also in communication with um, a Margaret. Well, he studied it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, and and didn't yeah. he also, he corresponded, I believe, with uh, Margaret Sanger, who was one of the yeah. early advocates. Uh, she was the also the founder of Planned Parenthood, I would like to point out. Yep, yep. Um, and oh, likes... like neatly back to Mr. Mr. Gates Sr. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Yeah. Bill Gates's yeah. father was yeah. um, an, an avowed uh, eugenicist and also yeah. the the director or head of Planned Parenthood. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you can say whatever you want about the organization, but um, it, the fact that if you look at the sort of the mindset or the philosophy of the founders, you, you do have to stop and question their intention forming that organization. Well, you, you have it straight out of Margaret Sanger's mouth, um, you know, where she talked about wanting to put the uh, abortion clinics in the, the poorest black neighborhoods. And, and she spoke disparagingly of blacks um, quite frequently in her writings. I mean, that's undeniable. Yeah. And she, she saw them as inferior and she was uh, a eugenicist as well. So, there you go. Mm. And it's unfortunately still there. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, you know, Aldous Huxley, who wrote Brave New World, and George Orwell, who wrote 1984, would have discussions about, you know, which yeah. one of these scenarios, my book or your book, do you see as the future? Yeah. We've got one, one, lot, one lot of, um, of those. Um, um, of those so-called alphas and then the alphas defined by anything that's over like a hundred million isn't it or is it um or, is that or was it a bit more than that yeah but the super rich basically the right the, the guys that have so much money they couldn't even spend it all if they wanted to or so many assets right yeah they, they wouldn't even know what to do with it anymore and i suppose if you th if you think about it you'd probably be the same 
like if, if you don't have the humanitarian streak, right? Right. Let's say you you own a third of the the land, and you've got so many people, peasants, whatever you want to call them, living there, um, and you have to kind of look after them, but they don't really do much because you got everything already, so you don't really need them. So what are you gonna do? You can't shove them into outer space, and from there, um, if you're not if you're not morally well adjusted, it's only one small logical step to reduce the livestock right. because they're not people anymore; they're livestock, right? Right. I think they do yeah. see some of these, yeah, ivory tower thinkers. They've never lived average day to day life. You and I would have, um, and they 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 are separate. They see themselves as the overseers they see the rest of us as just cattle yeah i mean this is oh, yeah. this is real actual human beings yeah, i'm People allowed to say really that. do think this way <laughs> yeah. this i mean this isn't this isn't yeah. theory you can yeah. read their their papers i mean and if and if you listen to the discussions uh by these authors you know and and who the yeah. um the people they were influenced by they they had very real actual discussions about these very things so I think it is something that we sh we should be concerned about. I don't think we should write off these texts as just pure fiction, um, you know, just for pure entertainment. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree in this one. Uh, if if it was if it wasn't um, an aristocrat that wrote this, um, nineteen thirty, uh, the the Brave New World, right? Yeah. I probably would have taken that a little bit differently. But knowing the background um, or a little bit about Aldous Huxley's background, even though in the 60s 50s and 60s here he got into like the psychedelics and mind expansion so he might have been the black sheep of the family but what you learn right. in your early days of um of upbringing is what sets the foundation uh, on your world views no matter what you do and, right and that's just right. the way it is you can make conscious choices to get over that one which is basically this does one of my little sidelines the the um uh, the self sabotage coaching be, uh, because you basically uh, have to reprogram some of those um, beliefs and worldviews that more or less got put into you uh, when you're between zero and seven years old, right? And to if you want to carry on in life and get a bit better at what you're doing, um, sometimes you have to jump those hurdles and reprogram some parts of that subconscious. Um, but essentially, whatever is put in in the first seven years of your life is with you for the rest of your life. Right. Um, I've heard yeah. that more than once. I mean, you're getting into some stuff that's, that's really interesting. If you're just tuning in, this is John Verd on Liberty Now on air 96.9 Plains FM in Christchurch. Please be sure to subscribe on iTunes at Liberty Now on air and you can get the links, files, and show notes for this episode at libertynow.com. Really interesting to talk to you, Holger, and I, I really appreciate your insight. I would like to talk a bit more about what you're getting into about this um, self-sabotage uh, therapy. Is that what you're calling it? No, I wouldn't call it therapy. Therapy always makes it sound like something. But, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's done to you. Um, coaching, Co yeah, coaching, helping, uh, self-sabotage coaching. I would self-sabotage coaching. Yeah. Now, this is interesting. Uh, you 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 brought this up um, when we spoke the other day, and I it really caught my attention because um, I've been a uh, in the fitness industry for you know over twenty years now, and and worked with you know, hundreds of of personal training clients and and group fitness and 
one of the common threads I would see is uh, people not succeeding, not because of any inability, but just things would come up that, that seemed like excuses, but they genuinely believed, you know, what they were telling me for why they couldn't accomplish this, this next step, or they didn't do their homework that I gave them, you know, to, to yep. keep up with their regular workouts in our training. Yep. And, and I all, I could only come to the conclusion that they just at a deep subconscious level, didn't really want to, or, or they felt they didn't deserve success. And I think everybody, probably yep. most people um, struggle with this and, you know, what is it? Why, why would you not deserve to, to, the, to achieve all these great things that you say that you want and, ah. and yet not do them? Well, that's a really good one. Most people, if you would ask them, they would say, I don't know because I do want it. I do really want it. I just don't know what happens. And um, here in New Zealand, we have this really cool thing. It's called tall poppy syndrome. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That pretty about much, that. And, that, and that pretty much explains it uh, just the other way. Like I'm, I'd like to approach it the other way around. It's not that um, you get cut down when you stand up. It's more that you hold yourself down before you get cut down. Right. Um, so, um, and depends how deep we want to go on this one. Essentially, let's put the baseline in. Baseline is, you're a healthy individual with a healthy um, amount of self-awareness and you want to achieve something. You will have not a problem. In order to have um, to be ha ha healthy, you would have to have um, um, good nutrition for starters, right? Yep. Um, good sleep, good nutrition, not a lot of stress, um, good exercise program or whatever, like you know, active lifestyle. And that will keep your mind kind of um, nice and even as well. And that way you also um, will be hardly, hardly be swayed from your opinion because you feel strong in yourself, you feel confident, no problem. Now, if you're injured, that's a different story because what does the injured um, kid, animal person do? It looks for the group for protection because it's not in its full function. Right. Right. So the more injured you are, the more important the group becomes. Interesting. So you don't have to be physically injured. You can be mentally injured by being insecure. Uh, for example, uh, don't don't wear any masks. No, do wear masks, but only when I tell you to. But no, not now. But yes, you can. Right. right? Which is, um, if you go into psychology, this is how uh, um, this is how some of the narcissists control their um, their environment or their people around them, in order to control. Um, like if you're in control of your environment, you feel safe. Staying with the crowd is safe. Right. So your subconscious, your subconscious is primed for always looking for danger and keeping you safe. And within the options of safety, it will go for safest option. Right. Um, now, if you suddenly start exceeding, you're putting your neck out. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. Using the example of, uh, can you think of an example from uh, Nazi Germany? Like, a, I guess if, if they wanted to control the population, the, the mechanism would have been some sort of propaganda. You don't have to go that far back because not, not many people are alive. Um, there's not many people alive still from Nazi Germany. Um, <laughs> yeah. More current example, what is, it happens every day because this is what happens in, in with, um, within the government as well. Um, and it's not just New Zealand. It's... It, everywhere where there is a group of people um, exerting power on somebody else. Basically, you have a thing called problem reaction solution. Yes. I, scare the shit out of you. I scare the shit out of you with some sort of problem that you, did, you weren't aware of. 
so now you start questioning yourself because you didn't see it coming then i'll give you the solution um the uh, um the solution to it and then that makes me you know you having to trust me because you're feeling insecure and out of your depth right uh and, and advertisers know this very well and, and psychologists have gotten involved in marketing and advertising efforts yeah. right there's millions of dollars yeah. spent on this but they they yeah. understand that people are uh, deeply sensitive to and aware of um, things that trigger fear there's a center in the brain called the amygdala that is yep. um, kind of always fine-tuned and, and look it's a survival mechanism right it's it's always yep. looking out for for danger yep. and if you can appeal to that mechanism and it could be very subtle you may not even realize it that it's being triggered but then you then you can um control people because <laughs> right <laughs> Well, the, the subconscious, the subconscious picks up 11 million uh, bits of information per second. Uh, your consciousness, wow. your, your conscious brain, the one that you're thinking with, the one that thinks it's aware of everything only picks up 40. That's, That's how much gets filtered out. Um, there's, there's quite a few. Like if you look into, um, um, there's a guy, what well, the granddaddy of them all is um, Edgar Bernays. Uh-huh. Um, he uh, he wrote the book Propaganda. This is where this is where Edgar the word Bernays. I'm going to put that link yeah. up as well. Yep. Uh, he I was need to read uh, him. He, uh, he was the understudy for of Sigmund or the the nephew of Sigmund Freud. He actually was involved in the. Um, they're basically training all the CIA, um, the top CIA guys. Um, anyway, but Edgar Bernays wrote, um, he wrote three books and propaganda is one of them. And essentially uh, he laid the basis of what now is advertising, PR management, um, and mass um, and influencing of people. Mass and because your yeah. yeah, well, because your subconscious scans the environment 24 seven, it takes clues that you're not, you're not aware of it. You're not aware of those clues. Um, people like Darren Brown or those, those stage magici magicians, they take they take that information and make it uh, entertainment. But it's used every day in advertising, in every movie you watch, in every clip you see, you read, you hear. There's stuff like that in there, especially if it comes from the government. You can you can bet on it. Yeah, um, there was a quote. You were talking talking about um, propaganda too. I don't know if you heard the recent quote by our illustrious Jacinda Adern. Um, no. Say, saying that I, try she, not, I try not to. <laughs> we have to probably bleep that out. Um, but she she was, I mean, there's there was a video clip where she was talking about, um, you know, trying to hammer home the, the need for everyone to become vaccinated. I am not expressing an opinion either way on vaccinations yeah. right now, just to be clear. Yeah. Um, I do yeah. have my opinions, but... Um, but she she herself said uh, we've been hammering home uh, pretty much twenty four seven this propaganda. The propaganda was the actual. Well, uh, when when she said like two, we're gonna we're gonna have two weeks of sustained propaganda. Yeah. 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 Two weeks of. Yeah. Yeah. That one. That one. Yeah. Now the the, the first time I actually um, my ears pricked up on her was when she said um, uh, we continue to be your your uh, sole source of truth. Um, meaning the government. And uh, I thought, oh, shit, <laughs> well, right, I yeah. had to, that's, this is like a flashback to me. Um, yeah, right. I mean, what, what because we is had that wrong one, with uh, independent thinking and questioning things? And that's yeah. what I always, I, I tell people over and over again on this podcast in person all the time, yeah. you know, I can only present you with information that I have researched and I believe to be absolutely true. I, I wouldn't say it if I didn't. But 
I, I expect mm. you to do your own research. Don't take my word for it. Yeah. Question everything. And that includes the government. You know, yeah. they, sometimes they have interests that are uh, contrary to, to our interests. Time. We've seen yeah, it sometimes repeatedly. you have to question science, right? So, well, if I mean, isn't mm. that sort of the whole point of science is to to question what well, the actual the, science yes, the actual science is questioning actual science <laughs> is asking questions and going, you know, are there other causes yeah. for this, you know, when yeah. when I hear statements like the science is settled. My I, I <laughs> kind of tilt my head like that's the what RCA the Roman Catholic dog. Church said to Galileo. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. It, yeah. It's like. Mm the the people who were proclaiming that the earth was round at one point were heretics and and some of them were you know killed yeah. for their heresy um so to yeah. think that and not in a nice way either not in a nice way well so tell me tell me um a little bit more about your work um you're working with people to help sort of break through these um, yeah, so that's basically where, where we're at is um, we're trying to figure out um, if a person uh, wants to um, or yeah, essentially they, they want to want to go. Like, I right. can't make anyone do anything. Right. But, um, and I don't want to. That's um, it's the same like works the same in medicine. You cannot make someone healthy. Um, you can only help them heal themselves. Right. Um, and the same thing works for your other accomplishments in life. Yeah? You can you can only thrive if you want to and if you want to thrive. But if you find there is a hiccup in it or there's some hurdle that you can can't get over it, then I'm um, I'm happy to be there and help out. And then we basically assess the situation. Like we have a conversation, and uh, yep. um, I've got a I've got a massive questionnaire which filters out the certain area certain areas general health. Um, fitness um but also uh financial wealth i'm not a financial advisor so i'm not helping you to invest but yeah a lot of people have hang-ups about money uh, money itself is, is the same as i don't know a slice of cake you know it's a it's an object right so that is not, not and there's a difference between earning good money and like holding like a man like a like a maniac and right. most people got hung up on it and just even if they try they can't they can't get anywhere because the moment they have a bit of money they go and spend it on something silly Right. Um, I was just going to ask, is, which is another, which is another set. That's another self-sabotage thing, because if you yes. suddenly have money, then you're out of your paradigm, right? Right. So, you're out of your comfort zone. And yeah, you're I, out of the comfort would, zone. Yep. Yeah. Yep. There is a, yeah. this sort of concept of a, of a thermostat, you know, and I mean, the, well, the word homeostasis where the body will correct That's itself. Um, yeah. And the, the, the body's, systems and mechanisms can be influenced by the conscious or the subconscious mind too, according yep. to our, our deepest beliefs, but also just when it comes to day-to-day um, -to -day behavior, yep. like uh, there can be sort of a, a contradiction between what people say they want and what they actually, how they behave and what they do and what they actually accomplish. Yeah. So that's usually, that's usually a good sign that there is a bit of self um, sabotage going on because they might they might actually believe what they're saying. It's like yes, you know, for example, when I want to stop smoking, and I really does I do want to stop smoking. I'm from my heart. I do want to stop. I don't want to do it. But then you're in the in the group of um, your friends in in the pub, yeah, right. which is yeah. So you're imbibing yourself with um, uh, with a toxin that um, causes brain damage, <laughs> right? For starters. 
then everyone starts lighting up. What do you do? Right. Are you going to out? For, you stick out from the crowd and and, and um, potentially uh, um, be excluded. Right. Right. Or, is it is it the need to tag along? Right. And that comes back to uh, how injured are you? Right. Ah. Now that's interesting. That's a really you you brought it full circle back to a very good point. Um, if you're injured, there is the the priority would be the the need to conform to the group or be part of or be with the group, whether yeah. phys physically or or psychically, or right? Or mentally or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, whereas if if you're a strong individual, you're able to stand alone or be a tall pop. You're or not. You're you're not as concerned about what others might yeah. say, right? Yeah. If, if you're not injured. That's it. Or, yeah, or well, you mentally. have to take the, like, uh, the, the fact is, if you stick out, you have to take the hits, right? Right. But right. if you're already gone 12 rounds, for example, and your eyes are swollen shut, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> so, to put it in those terms, um, there's a bigger chance that you're going to look over to your trainer to throw the towel or whatnot, you know, or you sit right. down in the corner. Um, that's a really, fresh, yeah, that's yeah, a great analogy. Yeah. Um, so it depends, yeah. And it, I'm not saying you shouldn't be in a group and you should always stand by yourself. Right. Um, essentially, trying to find a group that's um, positive has a positive influence and gets your life further. Right. And yeah, again, you can't compare it to other people, other people's lives. You can only compare it to your former self. Correct. So that's the only race you only ever have is against um, yeah, or with yourself, not against. I, yes. Um, I, I think the whole fact, competition thing, because the competition thinking is what capitalism does. And this, um, I don't think that's, that system is that um, conducive to our next step in the growth. It got us to here. And I think it was necessary, but um, from an evolutionary point, and especially mental evolution or um, spiritual evolution, whatever you want to call it, um, I think in our next part of the journey, we have to let go of um, the um, the need to um, uh, fight against others, or or even against ourselves. The competition—it's not a competition thing; it's a cooperation thing. Be because as humans, we can do both, right? Competition is always because of a lack of something, whereas. Um, um, when you work with someone, that's because you have an abundance. So if we can go from the scarcity to the abundance setting, right? Uh, I think we make, bigger, we make bigger leaps than when we keep fighting each other or ourselves. And that's the thing, like any external violence we portray is essentially a mirror of the violence we do to ourselves. Right. And well, and you hit it there too, like the, the very word scarcity, the root of that is scare. Yeah. Right. Yep. Fear. Yeah. Right. So um, this is brilliant. Holger. Um, so we're going to, I'm going to yeah. wrap this up here. Um, first of all, though, tell me a couple things. Um, do you have any, uh, favorite books or things you'd recommend any re recommended reading? Ooh, if I have to pick a couple of real quick ones, depending how far down the journey, um, people have gone like the power of now, um, the power of now. Um, yeah. The, uh, that, that's the, uh, old Eckhart Tolle. I don't like his ah. stuff. I don't like the stuff that he's done ever since, but um, his first, uh, the organic, the first organic thoughts before Oprah got his claws, uh, her claws uh, into uh, him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That was pretty good. Um, um, Paul Check, actually, hold, hold it, get off the. Okay. Paper. 
how to eat, move, and be healthy. Excellent. I will include that. So yeah. how, um, how can people um, best support you or learn more? Do you have a website or a, a way to contact you? Um, yeah, I've got, I've got a website uh, for the tattooing. That's the, uh, it's www.horiga.com. Horiga.com. H-O-R-I-G-A.com. Well, Holger, thank you very much for a very enlightening discussion today. Um, covered a lot of things. And no, we uh, ran around the block quite a bit, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. And um, until next time, this is John on Liberty Now and reminding you to be good and keep asking questions. <laughs>